0: You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett.
1: Talk of Champions, I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. We're both right for the oldest spirit. OMSpirit.com and Affiliate of 247 Sports. If you haven't already subscribed, read, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher. We're there two guests today on talk of champions bradley sal for a football fix the first edition of bradley sal's football fix and then brian brown louisville defensive coordinator former Ole miss defensive back a lot coming in this football packed edition of talk of champions david what's up man how you doing
0: i'm good man i'm excited about monday night in atlanta the kickoff to a brand new season and uh you know a lot of intrigue around this Ole miss football team and uh you know, we're going to we're gonna see our first taste of it, get our first taste of it Monday night. Look, I think the offense is going to be humming. You know, the big question mark, as everybody well knows, is has the defense improved? And I think we're going to find out Monday night.
1: Oh, we're going to find out. Malik Cunningham's a good first test for them.
0: Without a doubt. And he won't be the last true dual threat quarterback they face this year. That kid at Liberty's pretty doggone good as well. So uh, we'll see how they handle that. And we're going to know a lot more than what we know right now about 11 o'clock Monday night, 11 o'clock Central Time, midnight Eastern Time. Uh, we'll have our uh, first uh, returns in on this Ole Miss edition, if you will.
1: Well, I'm glad to have you alongside me doing this podcast with me. We got a lot to cover some football, some softball. Like I mentioned, Brad, Brian Brown coming up here shortly. First and foremost, gut feeling right now. I know you got the Fearless Forecast coming out this weekend all your other pregame stuff. But gut feeling right now on this Wednesday, how does this
0: game go? I think it's going to be nip and tuck to maybe somewhere around midway through the third quarter mark. I think Ole Miss has better players, okay? At least they do on the offensive side of the ball. So if it turns into a shootout, and I think it will be a high-scoring affair, just like Vegas thinks it's going to be a high-scoring affair, I think the advantage is Ole Miss. I think you'll see that Ole Miss offense – kind of start pulling away midway late in the third quarter and on down the way to the final whistle. I think Ole Miss is going to come out on top. I'll, I'll say that right now. Uh, you know, I don't know what my fearless forecast score is going to be when that's put up later this week. I would say, you know, I, I'm feeling somewhere around the 42, 31, 38, 28 mark in favor of Ole Miss, somewhere right around there. If How you about come you? out of that game, you if you come out of there? that
1: game, with Louisville only scoring 28 points, everybody's going to be pumped up about that defense.
0: Yeah, and that says something about the kind of defenses we've had to endure around here the last several years. Um, 28 points against Louisville, uh, okay, but uh, you still got to play Alabama, AM, LSU, and uh, you won't hold those offenses to 28 points, but you know, hey, we'll see. We're not going to criticize until we have reason to criticize, so... Uh, Right now, you know, the hope is that this is an improved unit. There are plenty of new faces that were not on last year's defense that are out there. Those guys are going to have to step up. They're going to step up Monday night. And, uh, you know, we're going to get our first real taste of it. And I say that because, look, even though practice, you know, was wide open in the early stages of fall camp, to be quite honest, we really got to see one full go scrimmage. And in that one full go scrimmage, and I know everybody can have a bad day. I have them all the time. But uh, that day, the Ole Miss defense had a bad day. And Lane Kiffin admitted right after the scrimmage, the Ole Miss defense had a bad day. But he came back and kind of softened that on Monday when we talked to him. After he had watched the film, he thought they were better than what they looked like they were alive. I disagreed with him on that. I don't think they, I just didn't think they looked good Saturday. I didn't go back and watch the film. But, uh, you know, we're we're going to see Monday night. That's been the biggest question over the offseason, that and whether or not they'd have a, a decent field goal kicker, and I think they do, and Caden Costa, I'm excited to see his first opportunities as well.
1: I got Ole Miss 45, Louisville 38.
0: Yeah, we're in the same ballpark then, yeah.
1: I think it's going to be closer than many Ole Miss fans want it to be.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think the vibe in the offseason has really been – You know, we get a chance to whoop up on Louisville in the first game. I don't, I mean, Louisville's going to disagree with that. Okay. They're not coming there to get whooped up on Uh, Lane Kiffin earlier today in the SEC teleconference said, look, we're expecting a fight. We're expecting a battle. And he's right. He's absolutely right. I think that's what you're going to get. You know, the problem with Louisville and opening up with them is you, all, all you really have to go on is what they did last year. And they went four and seven last year. But I, I would pose this. Remember, Ole Miss went four and five last year in the regular season. Ole Miss lost Arkansas, and it wasn't until the Outback Bowl that they went five and five, finished five hundred, and left a good taste in everyone's mouth. So you look at Louisville's four and seven record, Ben, and yeah, they could have easily been seven and four, maybe even eight and three. They played Notre Dame to a twelve ten finish in a loss last year. That's uh Sometimes teams just need that little extra oomph to get over the heel. And, um, you know, they've worked their entire offseason trying to do that. So uh, blowout, no, I'm not expecting a blowout. In any shape, form, or fashion, I think this is going to be a fight. But I do think Ole Miss will pull away in the end.
1: Lane, Kevin talked on Tuesday, talked again on Wednesday on the SEC teleconference call. You were there. Did he say anything that matters?
0: He didn't say as much as what Mike Leach said that mattered today on the uh, SEC teleconference. Leach spoke right before Lane did. So I was dialed in and, and on listen mode for the uh, Mike Leach press conference. And it was, uh, it was kind of funny. The, the state reporters were firing their questions away, and Leach was asking, answering them. And you could kind of hear in his voice he was a little annoyed, like maybe he didn't want to be there. So before the SEC moderator could cut Leach off after he said, thank you, Coach Leach, that'll be all. Leach very clearly said, this is so stupid. (laughs) And and the SEC guy was, uh, excuse me, AT&T operator, would you please disconnect that line? So uh, that was the highlight of the whole day. Lane didn't say a whole lot. Lane never says a whole lot, okay? Louisville's going to be a tough opponent, I asked him a little bit about today being September 1st and the evaluation period for the fall getting underway. Uh, Bob Holt was there to ask his questions. Love Bob. uh, Love me some Bob. Yeah. Yeah, Bob was there.
1: He's going to do his thing. Let me ask you this, though. You mentioned the evaluation period. What does that mean for people who don't really follow recruiting on a day-to-day basis? What does that mean for today?
0: Yeah, you got uh, 40-something days that you can send your staffs out to high schools, to watch games, uh, to uh, evaluate high school prospects. You can now initiate contact if you're a coach with high school juniors for the first time. Up until today, any member of the class of 2023, that contact would either have to be through his high school coach or the recruit would have to initiate it. So now Ole Miss can get on the phone every night and call these 2023s that they are targeting as well as, you know, Hey, the staff's going to be in Atlanta this weekend. Maybe, maybe they go out in the Atlanta area and uh, first person scout some prospects from Atlanta, you know? So that's the thing. They can go out on the road now all the way through December 1st. And, uh, you know, they'll have to manage, uh, you know, some of their days because one coach goes out, that's a day. Okay. It's not 48 days for every single guy on the staff it's 48 days for your staff. So you've got to kind of coordinate that a little bit. Uh, Lane said today they were going to save some for later, uh, particularly uh, with that Thursday night game to end the season in the Egg Bowl. Uh, They can fan out the entire staff for three or four days if they want to before uh, the, the end of this evaluation period, right there at the end when it really and truly matters. So they're going to pace themselves, but that's what it means. They can initiate contact with high school juniors, and now they can go out, talk to coaches, and see these kids firsthand.
1: So what are the next couple of days going to be like for Ole Miss football as far as practice and preparation?
0: Yeah, good question. And I did ask Lane that today on the SEC teleconference call. You must have already listened to that.
1: I didn't, but now I feel like I did. So let's Mm -hmm. pretend like I did. Yeah, man, I was listening in.
0: Yeah, we're on the same page there. Okay, so uh, basically, if you want to go backwards, look, Monday is Saturday, Sunday is Friday, Saturday is Thursday, so on, so on. So, uh, you know, we're going to have a media avail tomorrow with Lane. It'll be the last time we get to talk to him prior to kickoff Monday night. Uh, But that's kind of what you're doing here. You're treating Monday night as Saturday night. So everything you would normally be doing, you know, during the day on Monday is what you would be doing during the day on game day. Sunday will be the walkthrough, all that good stuff. So you just kind of move things back a little bit, if you will, or ahead, depending on how you're looking at it.
1: We're talking three straight days of talking to Lane. What can we ask him tomorrow?
0: Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. I think they're. I've gone back and listened to 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 the interviews, and uh, I, obviously, this was the first one I participated in in a week. I think there are a few holes. I want to know. I really want to know the separator between Ken K. Dent and Luke Allmire as far as the depth chart went, uh, because you know all all camp long, you know we haven't had an answer to that, and boom, the depth chart comes out. And we are not paying very much attention to this depth chart. We've talked about that on the message boards. uh it's worth about what the paper costs that it's written on but um you know i, I, I want to know about that and uh you know I want to know about the pecking order in the in the backfield, you know with Snoop Connor being four and you know, the number four guy. I don't know if anybody asked that question yesterday, but I think that's a fair question uh to to ask when you've got a veteran like snoop uh, that you know, according to the depth chart, again, we're not putting much stock in. Okay. Uh, you know, that's uh, been leapfrogged by some guys and, uh, you know, what, what's the cause of that? What is the deal? Uh, at least get laid on record telling us uh, what the deal is. Although he's not going to tell us if there is any deal.
1: The only question I have is, is Orlando Umana going to be available? Braylon Brown. I just want to know about injuries. And he's not going to tell us about injuries.
0: He's not, he's not, he is not going to tell us. And, uh, you know that's that's just the bottom line you know after one week of camp and everybody out there talking about hey this guy hurt his knee this guy did that you saw what happened um you know camp access was basically shut off to jumping jacks we got to go out there and see the rebels do jumping jacks and and, and um uh, chop chop wood you know that's basically it great jumping jack I team
1: great out. jumping jack team yes
0: Fantastic at jumping jacks. Uh, these guys look like they've done jumping jacks before. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they're going to win the pregame. I'm pretty confident in that. But, uh, you know, uh, we're making light of it. But I understand. Listen, I want to tell you something, Ben. If I were Lane Kiffin and I were the head coach, I'd probably be just like him. Okay? Why do I need to air any weakness of my team out in the media? I get it. I understand. It makes our job a hell of a lot harder. There's no doubt about that, but you know, there's method behind that madness and I can appreciate that.
1: Something else we have to touch on. There's something else we have to touch on. That's Ole Miss softball. We'd be remiss if we didn't. So let's go around the circle.
2: Around the circle. That's the trouble around here. Talk, talk, talk.
1: It's around the circle brought to you by Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford has been with me the longest. They sold me one of my cars, and it was the best car buying experience I could possibly ask for. So let them do that for you. Provide you the seamless car buying process and get you into your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep at a price point that you can afford. When you go over, ask for Brian or Mason, and make sure to tell them Talk of Champion sent you so you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000 at 662 For your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep, it's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. This is a football-packed edition of Talk of Champions, but Ole Miss softball is dealing with a mess right now, David. It's a mess. So what's the latest?
0: Yeah, that's the only way you can describe it. You know, there was an article – there have been two articles published today, uh, today being uh, Wednesday. Um, first and foremost, uh, there was an article from Justin's World that uh, – and that's a softball, national softball site, if you're not familiar with that, that has questioned the uh, the credibility and maybe even the motives of the Running Polls podcast report that was uh, produced last Friday, so that's out there. I put it on the message board, by the way. If you want to read it, it's pinned up there. Secondly, there is a story out there today um, from the Running Poles podcast that uh, goes very in depth and in detail with a former Minnesota player on the record, mind you. This this girl, this this woman, went on the record about her experience. Under Jamie Traxel at Minnesota. And uh, it, it's a harrowing read. It, it really, truly is. Uh, you know, there were some severe mental health issues there for this young lady. Now, I, I, I know nothing, okay? Let me first say that. I cannot say that's true. That's not true. Um, and I'm not good at investigating uh, sexual scandals, okay? I have no special skill set for that, unlike uh, Liam Neeson. Or you know, so I'm kind of floundering in this water here in terms of uh, letting Ole Miss's investigation play out and see what the the university finds. Uh, I've talked to Keith Carter about this. I know Keith Keith and his team of investigators are taking these allegations very very seriously. Um, You know, we haven't written one word about this stuff other than message board posts where we felt like we had to respond to some of y'all's concerns, and honestly, that's just the the, the way we chose it. Uh, ben and I have talked about this profusely. Chuck and I have talked about this profusely. We've all talked about this, and, and as we've said, we've known about this for two months now. Um, we just didn't feel like it was something that we could go forward with and didn't want to go forward with if these allegations proved to be untrue because of the damage it would do to people. And, uh, you know, I know this is an age in news cycles that, you know, you know, subject matter be damned, you you go with it, but we didn't want to do that with this. Uh, You know, we honestly discussed our opinion on the talk of champions on Monday. And, um, you know, I want to remind everyone we said, if true, this is terrible. It's horrible. If true. Now, as far as real life stuff here, it's terrible no matter what because, um, you know, the damage to the reputation of the program in the softball world, uh, the ability to recruit, you'd be a damn fool if you didn't think just the allegations do not damage that. Uh, it certainly does. Uh, it changes fans opinion about the program, um, you know, things, things like that. And that's unfortunate no matter what, but, um, you know what you have to do on something like this is uh, is you've got to uh, you gotta you gotta let those who have access to all of the information, who have access to interviews, who are conducting those interviews, reach a fair and honest conclusion. And you know I think that's what we've done here at the Ole Miss Spirit, and uh, you know we'll we'll continue to do so. Um, you know, obviously, as I've told you guys, we were not going to do anything on it unless it boiled over. Well, it boiled over last Friday. And at that point, you know, you guys pay us, uh, to know what we know in terms of what's going on with the university of Mississippi and athletics. And at that point we had to address it, uh, with no joy in doing so. Um, but, um, Ben, it's a, it's a fluid situation. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I told you, I, I spoke to Keith Sunday night from out in New Mexico and, um uh, you know, Keith, Keith believes they're, they're really close to being able to close up at least one of these investigations. So um, that's what we're waiting on. That's kind of where everything is right now.
1: That's what you touched on that I wanted to keep harping on there, because for a lot of people, they don't really know what's going on. So what's the Cliff Notes version of what we know and where this thing is trending?
0: Well, what we know, let me first... Preface to this with saying everything is an allegation at this point. Okay, we know there are two separate investigations regarding the Ole Miss softball program that are currently open. One involves Title IX um, alleged violations, which you know it has been alleged, obviously, unless you're under a rock, you know this by now that there was um, some type of romantic relationship between a player and an assistant coach. That assistant coach has been named publicly Katie Rykovich Browder. The player has not been named publicly, and we're not going to name her on here or or any of the three involved in this alleged romantic triangle that appears to have blown up and kind of kick-started this whole scandal. Now, based off that, the allegations made in the Running Pulse podcast are that Jamie Traxel, the head coach of the Ole Miss Softball program, was informed, knew about this romantic situation, and attempted to appease one of the players involved in it, or both of the players involved in it, with extra scholarship monies. So that is what has been thrown out there. What sticks? I have no idea. No idea whatsoever. But that has been publicly reported uh first by running polls podcast and then by fox news and every other media outlet around the world basically it it it, it went worldwide even though, even in the uk uh so um that's kind of where we stand the other investigation deals with uh practice practices if you will and um you know I, i'll have to be honest with you i've seen those allegations and they do not seem Um, destructive to me. Maybe that's because I've been to too many football practices, but uh, I really did not see anything in those sets of allegations that you won't see on high school and middle school football fields across the country. So, you know, that's basically what we have been. I mean, that's, that's kind of, kind of it. I mean, there's a, you know, there have been a lot of players leave this program since Traxel was hired here to replace Reuben Felix, who was the interim. Uh, but that's not uncommon in any sport when there's a coaching change. So, you know, I don't know if you can make anything out of that or you can't make anything out of that. Now th- let's be real here. A lot of times when a kid transfers, the kid has animosity towards the previous university, the prior place he was at or she or she was at. And so do the parents. So, you know, if you're going to be honest about this whole thing, you must factor that in and you must take everything with a grain of salt at this point, because, you know, I look, people could say, Hey, I don't feel like this program treated my daughter fairly. So I'm going to blow the whistle on everything I can. I'm going to burn it down, you know, and that's unfair. That's unfair. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. I do not know if, the Ole Miss coaching staff are guilty is guilty of any of these allegations. You know, we just don't know. I mean, I've seen them, but I'm not on the phone talking with, with the complainants every night, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm never on the phone talking with them. I, 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 am just not. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, they're what, what's all saying? There are three sides to every story there. There's your side, my side and the truth. And, you know, That's the difficult job that the Ole Miss administration is tasked with right now is getting to the truth. Um, So uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, that's – I I wish I could say more. I wish I could tell you more. But, um, you know, we're just going to have to wait this one out and see what what goes on because I got to be honest with you, if there was a scandal on the football team of, uh, you know, players, a love triangle, whatever, I wouldn't be chasing that either. Okay. I mean, I I cover ball. All right. Now, if there are ramifications of, uh, of this for the Ole Miss softball program, of course, we're going to be all over it, Uh, you know, but um, right now, I think the wisest thing for us to do, and we all think that because uh, you and Chuck and I have all talked about this is to just kind of see, because, you know, I, I, as we talked about Monday, you know, Look, we have a job to do, but but you don't want to get out there and prematurely ruin somebody's reputation or career. And honestly, uh, if you if you you know if you can't understand that, then maybe maybe I'm not your guy. Uh, you know, that's that's just where I'm at on it.
1: Real quickly, does this bleed? This scandal bleed into any other sport?
0: Absolutely not. I've seen people post about that, and I know why because. We've been through that before, Williams right? Basketball, but yeah, for sure. No, no, I have heard nobody say that. This thing, as far as I know, is one hundred percent self-contained to the Ole Miss softball program and nothing more. And um, you know, it's a shame. the The whole damn thing's a shame. Okay, I'll I'll tell you this: the people Ole Miss hires and put and, and that and they and they put in charge. Of their athletic program, no matter what the sport is, they have an obligation to not allow stuff like this to matriculate and get into the the, the mainstream media uh, because it is a. I'm getting a little fired up. It is an embarrassment to the entire university, to the entire Ole Miss family, and 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 Ben, I don't know how you put that toothpaste back in the tooth. I don't think you can. Uh, it's it's a black eye. I saw on the message board this morning people talking about people worried about oh my god will the football commentators bring this up Monday night? No, they're not going to bring it up. Uh, so Monday night's game in in Atlanta is much much bigger. I mean this is this is not a sidebar. This will not be discussed Monday night. Um, but on the flip side of that, you know there's there's. There's a, I think, a judicious part of this whole thing where, you know, the voiceless need a voice, and, uh, you know, if if this wasn't reported by someone, you know, could it all be just? If it's true, could it all just be pushed under the rug, so to speak? And, and, um, you know, it's a complex situation. It is. Nobody, nobody's happy that this has been aired out. Nobody's happy that this is going on. Yes, it it, it is going to cause damage. It already has, but it's going to cause damage. I mean, somebody asked me on the message board a little while ago, would you let your daughter come into something like this, whether you know it's true or not? No. No. And I'm about as average of a dad as you define, but no. I mean, that's just the facts, right? I mean, you know, and I hope there's some – justification for the program you know my hope is this is not true you know some level of damage has already been done
1: he's david johnson at rebels 247 on twitter we both write for the old miss spirit omspirit.com and affiliate the 247 sports up next is a football fix with bradley Sowell, and then after that brian brown louisville defensive coordinator and former old miss defensive back thank you my friend
0: all right howdy cutty everybody
1: Listen to Nerdwallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you.
0: Let's play some football! Run right to the back of him!
2: Run right to the middle and out the back! It's time now for.
1: Football Fix.
0: What's known in football terms as a slam dunk.
1: It's time now for a football fix with Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. And today's football fix is brought to you by MyBookie. Winning season returns at MyBookie.ag. And it's time to get in on the action. First-time players can get started by doubling your first deposit, giving you the firepower to add excitement to the games you love. College football odds boost, NFL lock of the season, and over $500,000 in contest prizes live on site to make this winning season your best ever. With my bookie. With an historic 18 week schedule offering more action than ever before, you need a sportsbook casino that's reliable, and you won't find a better place to play than my bookie. I know you're going to bet this season, so do the smart thing sign up with my bookie and use my promo code TOC for talk of champions, T O C, to get your first ever deposit match dollar for dollar. That's extra money credited to your account instantly. Just for using promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, T O C, and making your first deposit. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Brad, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. Just um, getting some work done
2: this week and um, getting excited for the game coming up. I mean, I know there's a lot of people, um, a lot of people excited to see what we got this year and um, count me in that, in that group.
1: Gut feeling right now. How does this game play out? What's the final score? Um, well, I think if, if
2: our defense is, is a lot better, like it sounds like we're going to be, um, and our offense shows up to play, which after looking at the depth chart depth chart, I mean, I think, I think we're gonna be pretty solid there. Um, and we have no injuries leading up to it. I mean, I, I think we go in there and take care of business. I think it's, um, you know, somewhere in that seven to 13 point game. Um, but I think a lot of it's going to depend on how we handle their quarterback, who is, who's pretty mobile. Apparently
1: the official depth chart was released on Tuesday. Any surprises to you?
2: um no not too much I mean I think there's some cool storylines in there
1: I think you got um you know with Chase
2: Rogers being the number one tight end I mean I don't think anybody really expected that opening day but um you know kudos to that kid for for coming in and a position in need and showing what he got and it's and I, apparently he won the job so it'll be cool to see him um he may be one of those names that pops out and um you know with the scheme of this offense and puts up some decent numbers and Ole Miss fans are looking back going dang that's that's pretty exciting Um, I think uh, the obvious one is, is again, Snoop Connors, the number four running back on our depth chart. He kind of did that last year, too, and I think he made him the third running back or somewhere along the lines of that. Um, I find that kind of odd. But, you know, I I guess, you know, we'll we'll see. I I definitely think he'll be in there, um, you know, more than Bullock. But you know what? I, I have spoken with the coaches about Bullock, and they think he has a chance to be extra special. So, Um, I mean, there's a good chance we have four starting running backs
1: on our roster. I'm surprised. I'll be honest. I'm surprised that Snoop's still here because he could have gone to Southern Miss. Will Hall wanted him. He'd have been in every down back at Southern Miss. I'm surprised he didn't see the writing on the wall. I'm glad he's here. He's a weapon. We both love him. But it looks like it's going to be one ball for four guys, all of which can be capable.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know – good thing snoop stayed i think there's a role for him somewhere in there um you know the the, the this the, the new school answer is hey he should go somewhere but but i like i like his approach of hey i'm staying there i'm gonna keep battling you know what if we, he, there's one injury when you know you never know somebody can get hurt and he's in there carrying it the whole year and then he takes off and has a good year you, know, you just you just never know and and he's a very good back i mean he, he is a solid running back yeah, i think he projects pretty well in that room maybe maybe the best of anybody um at the next level so he is um yeah, he, he he'll have his chances and he'll have his touches um he'll certainly be a big part of the offense in my opinion
1: at alabama they never have this problem it's never a bad thing to have too many good players yeah i agree i mean it's it
2: certainly helps have have an extreme depth um you know and you look at it, you look at where our offense is ran compared to most offenses. okay so so if you have this issue and you're a nfl team and you're running you know most of the time you run 65 plays in the nfl and that's that's a that's a lot, you know. Maybe seventy on 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 a day where you do well, but I mean, you're talking about an offense that runs ninety five to 100 plays a lot of the games. So there there will be enough plays in there for these guys to rotate in and out um, and, and get some touches. But I, I think I think the top three will be, um, you know, I, I think you, you can look at Snoop, um, Ely, and um, Paris getting get most of the most of the touches. I, I think you got. You know, Parrish and um, Ely are kind of the same, that they'll probably share that role. Um, Ely probably getting most of it. And then you look at um, Bullock and Connor, they're kind of the same. They're more of that true um, bruiser type running back.
1: What I liked about this depth chart is the definition of insanity is what? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. And you look at the depth chart, you got Jake Springer at strong safety over Keydron Smith, who I like a lot and love the move to safety. I think he's going to be productive, more productive at safety than he was at corner, and I thought he was a pretty good corner. But also, cornerback Dean Leonard or DeAndre Prince with Ja'Cory Hawkins, who opened the year last year as the starter, behind them. Chance Campbell starting at middle linebacker or Momo Sanogo, but Chance Campbell, there's a reason why he's the listed number one. Otis Reese, number one, obviously, at nickelback. You got outside linebacker Lakia Henry or Mark Robinson, Mark Robinson being another name, another new name, though he's been on the roster for two years. At defensive tackle, Isaiah Eiton or Jamon Gordon. And Cedric Johnson is running ahead of T. Tisdale at defensive end. I like that not only was there competition at these spots to where you're not having to just go with one guy because that's all you've got, but also they're trying new things. They're going for their most upside, what they think is their most upside in the season opener. And that's encouraging if you're looking for improvement from a defense that was so bad last year.
2: Yeah, I think on the defensive side of the ball, what you're going to have is some guys kind of play themselves into roles. I think you got you had a lot of competition. You have a lot of guys that are, you know, right there neck and neck. And I think I think they're going to go into these games. And I think these first couple of games will see a lot of guys rotating in and out. And then I think after after a few weeks, you'll see some guys kind of settle in to be the true starters and, and there will be a true rotational guy. I think they're going to see who's a gamer and who's not there. But I, I, looking at it from a defensive side of the ball, I like where we're at depth-wise compared to where we were last year. We have a lot of guys that played. We have a lot of guys that got their asses kicked all year last year, so they're going to have a little chip on their shoulder. And you got to think they're going to get better, man. They had a full-year um, They're 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 gonna they're gonna come out there and compete, and, and I, I just don't think there's anywhere to go but up for this defense, and potentially you know we can make a jump there. So I yeah I I, I certainly like like where where we're at heading into the season, uh, you know barring it, no injuries.
1: Orlando Umana, Braylon Brown were both dealing with injuries over the last couple of weeks in fall camp. They wouldn't list injured players on the depth chart, right? Should we read into that part of it that these guys are going to be available? I don't know necessarily Braylon Brown because he's a third string guy at wide receiver, but Orlando Umana is the number one center. Can we buy that as good news heading into Louisville?
2: Um, yeah, th- th- they would certainly list injured players on the depth chart. So if there was an Ely that was that was injured, they would probably still put him there unless he was injured for a long period of time. Yes. So I think that that since they're not. I, I think it, I think it means they're not injured for for a significant amount of time now. If they were out, you know, six, seven, eight weeks, you know, I, I think maybe they'd leave them off the depth chart. But I think that you know it still doesn't mean they're 100% a go um, for the game. But I think that um, I, I think even if the even if they had to make a, an adjustment on the line for the game, they would be fine. Um, but let's hope. By, it sounds like everybody's gonna be healthy though.
1: Well, one of the only offensive storylines through fall camp was John Rice Plumley in the slot. And yet, something you called very early has come to fruition, at least on paper. And that's Don Drummond as that slot receiver with John Rice Plumley or Jacor Pearson behind him. Did that surprise you at all? No, I, I
2: listen. I, I know people want to say John Rice is a slot receiver. I know our coach, some of our coaches have even said that as well. And, and I'll have to see it to believe it. Um, but. I, I think that he's just going to be moved all over the field. So I think they're going to have their true slot in there. The guy that's going to be in there most of the time, um, you know, maybe a drumming or, or or somebody else um, that, that's going to get a lot of touch. But I think John Rice is going to be kind of that rotational, um, you know, get, get the ball to him in all these different ways. Um, or maybe I could be wrong on that, but I, I just don't see him lining up in every play running out there at the slot and doing everything a slot receiver does. I just think he's, he's too valuable of a, of a player, you know, as far as moving them around and can do some different things to, um, to just, to just basically pigeonhole him to that one slot position. So yeah, we'll see, maybe they do it, but I, I just think, you know, from a looking at it from a coach's standpoint, I mean, there's just so many other ways you can get the ball in his hands. And that's really all you're trying to do um, is, is get the ball in his hands so he can run with it.
1: We've said it so many times, like no one player is going to replace Elijah Moore, but even factoring in John rice, Plumley, if you made us pick a guy, that had the most upside to make up for him, on his own the best that he could. He's not going to, but the guy that had the best chance to possibly do it. I think both of us would have picked Ontario Drummond, so that makes sense.
2: Yeah, I, Drum, Drummond. Drummond has really good hands, man, and he's he's a, he can be a re, really reliable see, receiver. I know that. And um, talking to a few guys over there, they they said Drummond has the best hands that ever came through Ole Miss, which is which is I found surprising, but they said he, he makes some pretty spectacular catches um yeah and, and you know you, you look at he, he just kind of fits that 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 kind of consistent mold he, he has been I mean he's probably been the most consistent of the bunch aside from Elijah last year so um yeah maybe he gets an extended role or extended look and if it, if it looks good they'll keep him there if it doesn't you know I think you have options to put there um but you know I, I just I just think he, he kind of fits that mold um especially with Braylon Sanders stepping up being kind of the downfield threat
1: Braylon Sanders, Jonathan Mingo, Dontario Drummond are your starting wide receivers. And what that tells me is this. It is time for Jonathan Mingo to be the player that Ole Miss thought it was getting when they signed him out of high school as a four-star prospect. This is the Jonathan Mingo year. It's time now.
2: Yeah, he's he certainly – I mean, it, it's definitely time. He's a um, – you know, he's he's been in the offense for, for a little bit now. Um, I, I know that they th- – he – from all accounts, he's a great athlete. Um, looks really good in practice. You know, does really well one-on-ones, um, stuff like that. Just, just kind of one of those guys who needs to put it, put it all together, put it on the field. So yeah, he'll have his chances here. I think. I think this whole receiving core is, is, I mean, you don't have that one Elijah Moore guy, but you have a pretty mature group that's played a lot of ball. So usually, when you have experienced guys in there, especially you're, you're starting three plus John Rice, um, you know. He, you have guys that have played ball, they know what to expect, and usually usually they perform. The, the, the three of those um, could 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 really combine it and, and kind of make up the slack for Elijah
1: being out. Matt Corral is obviously the unquestioned starting quarterback. No one was ever even questioning that. But backing him up, Kincaid Dent at number two, Luke Altmyer, who's been dealing with an injury number three, but almost brought in a transfer quarterback this week in Maryland and Western Kentucky transfer, Tyrell Pegram. And Pegram, if you look at the numbers – Looks like he could bring them something as far as being a backup. 5'10", 200 pounds, threw for 1,603 yards and nine touchdowns for Western Kentucky last season, had 337 yards and four scores rushing, totaled 1,455 passing yards, 376 rushing yards and 11 total touchdowns, seven passing, four rushing and three seasons at Maryland. Has Ole Miss added its backup quarterback for this year? Because he's only got one year of eligibility remaining. This year, is he the backup if anything, God forbid, happens to Matt Corral?
2: I mean, honestly, I think it would be tough for for him to pick it up that quick. But um, something something makes me wonder if this is more of a play on um, you know him switching to a skill position and getting a chance to do it at the at the SEC level. Maybe maybe trans, transform it into the NFL and at the same time maybe playing some quarterback as well in a pinch. But yeah, it, it just seems odd that a guy would transfer in um, from from a school <laughs> and as the backup with only one season to play. You know, if you think about it from that standpoint. Um, I find that kind of odd for for just being a backup, but, um, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, he he got here kind of late. I I feel like like that'd be kind of hard to pick up the offense, but yeah, maybe in a pinch if something, something went wrong, he could, um, he can jump in there. I just, I I would just have to see it to believe it.
1: See, my whole thing is this, obviously they're not preparing for him to play because they're not preparing for Matt Corral to get hurt. Matt Corral is the guy. He's the guy, but If something were to happen to him in a game against Louisville, it's going to be Kincaid Dent or Luke Altmaier if he's healthy. But long-term, if it was a long-term issue as far as injury with Matt Corral, they have the time to prepare this kid. And I think that they looked at the past production and thought, as far as a backup quarterback, he's the best kind of safety blanket to back up Matt Corral in case something happens. That's what I see. I thought they saw a need and wanted... Not necessarily a decorated veteran, because he's not, but he's had some production on his resume to where if you needed him to step in in a pinch and take over and still win games, you're not going to win the same amount as you would with Matt Corral, not even close, but certainly, potentially be a bowl team with him. I think that's what they saw, that they had a need at backup quarterback. Same thing with Adam. Uh, Orlando Umana, it's center. They had a need for a starting center. Here they just had a need for a backup quarterback that they could rely on that's been in those boards before. It's not necessarily an indictment on Ken K. Dent and Luke Altmaier so much as it's shoring up the room. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, you can look at it at multiple different ways. But I mean, if that kid is is would allow Ole Miss to have that kind of um, – you know, uh, upside. I mean, that, that that's that's kudos to him for for doing that. Cause I mean, he's literally coming to a situation where you're probably not going to play a snap unless there was injury. But then then you look at it like this, as a as a football team or or whatever, would you would you want to just? go, I mean, if Matt Corral was significantly hurt early on, why not put Luke Altmaier in there and at least get him some experience? Because no matter what happens in that situation, if Matt Corral's not in there, we're not winning shit anyway. So. Um, e- even if a kid from Western, I mean, it, 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 he maybe comes for a year, gets a chance, whatever. But I just don't. Um, I I would much rather, you know, just looking at it from a developmental standpoint, putting Altmeyer in there, you know, say if it happened, um, you know, j- just to get him some experience, and and may- maybe that that translate to you know him not being so green next year when he gets put in there.
1: If he's healthy, and don't forget too, you know this, coaches are about one thing: winning games. So putting a guy in there that can plug and play—if God forbid anything were to happen to Matt Corral—I can see the rationale behind it. They're not recruiting this kid to move him to wide receiver. They've got numbers at wide receiver. They've already done that with John Rice Plumley. It does take away any possibility of John Rice Plumley moving back under center. He is not going to play quarterback ever again. Not at Ole Miss.
2: Well, hey, that's—I'm uh, that, glad the kid's going to give Ole Miss that luxury of uh, you know of, of doing that. I just—it's just, just kind of odd, you know, in the the transfer portal for a kid to want to come sit for a year when he, when he could be playing otherwise. But yeah, I mean, hopefully that does work out where if there ever was something that happened, um, you know, that, that could, um, could, could help us out.
1: Well, last thing in this football fix, Ole Miss beats Louisville. If what happens, what has to get done? I think Ole Miss beats Louisville.
2: If we, um, if, if we produce on defense, I think if we come out there, get a few, few turnovers, um, Play better defense um, and re- really shut down this quarterback. It sounds like this quarterback's pretty mobile, which could um, could create some issues. Um, but yeah, I think if we if we come out there and just um, just kind of kind of get after them on defense, um, show that we're we're a much improved defense. Um, I, I do not worry about the offense. I, I mean, you just look at it at our depth chart. I mean, there's so many dangerous people out there, so many dangerous weapons out there. I mean, it, I, I think you could line up and say, hey, we, we want to run the ball at them. Um, you know, I think we we would produce there. I think if if we want to pass the ball deep, which we're probably going to, I think we have success there. Um, you know, I, I just think on offense we're going to be fine. I, I just think it'll be cool for our defense to come out and and, and play a really good game and, and and really you know really stop these guys and get some turnovers and kind of get after them early.
1: Bradley Sal's football fix brought to you by my bookie. It's going to be every single week and make sure to tune in after every game. Brad and I will be doing a post game show and I'm working on making sure that you can call in. Probably not for the first show, but I'm working on it. Hopefully going to get that done by week two. We'll see. Brad, thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. See you, Ben. Howdy toddy. That was Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. For Bradley Sal's football fix, brought to you by my bookie. Going now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Brian Brown, Louisville defensive coordinator, former Ole Miss defensive back. He'll close us out. But before we jump to him, let's hear from B and A Bank, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions.
0: the modern woodman phone line cool we'll talk no big whoop no big whoop where the best Ole miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very
1: latest in rebel sports modern woodman let's make a difference together going now to the modern Woodman phone line to speak to brian brown louisville defensive coordinator former Ole miss defensive back And his appearance here on Talk of Champions is brought to you by Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement or if you're ever going to actually be able to retire? I know I did. And if you're like me, you should do as I did and give my friend Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman a call. Thomas specializes in retirement and investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. Modern Woodman offers anything you could possibly need from mutual funds to employee benefits to college savings plans and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. Give Thomas a call at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. Don't wait around. Prepare for retirement right now with Thomas Chandler, who will take care of you and make sure that you're prepared for that next phase in your life. So start taking control of your future today. It's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. B. Brown, what's up, man? How you doing?
3: Man, I'm doing awesome. Ben, how you doing, man? I'm good, man.
1: Thanks for coming on and doing this. Obviously, Louisville and Ole Miss on Monday. You're on the other end of it, but for you, being against your former team, you're a Mississippi guy, what kind of game, outside of the obvious, being the season opener, first game of the year for you guys, but outside of the obvious, what kind of significance does this game have for you?
3: Uh, man, it's you know, I, I try to look at it myself. Just, you know, hey, it's a, it's another game on the docket, you know. And uh, But for myself, a little bit, you know, it's just a little bit more of a, um, you know, it, it hits home a little bit because that is home. You know, that's where, uh, you know, I grew up and uh, became a, a young man and, uh, you know, met my wife as well as, you know, I was able to coach there for two years as a GA. So, um, you know, it, it's real special, uh, but I can't let my emotions get the best of me uh, because we still got a game to prepare for and, and uh, get ready to go out there and have a have a good game uh, game showing on, uh, on Monday night.
1: I mean, obviously, you've been paying attention to Ole Miss, preparing for Ole Miss, but until this point, when you had Ole Miss on the schedule, had you kept up with Ole Miss?
3: Oh, man, it's, I mean, since the day I, uh, of course, played, once I finished playing, and uh, after I finished coaching there, it was every Saturday, whether uh, if we're playing, uh, you know, after the game, I'm checking the scores, or uh, if we're on a plane or on the bus ride, I'm checking to see if, uh, you know, what the score is, or even trying to watch it on my phone. Uh, and, of course, if we're home, uh, you know, I'm trying to record the game, you know, no matter what. And uh, so every week I would always record all these games and be able to watch it, um, you know, when I had some downtime Saturday night or, or late, 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 late Sunday when I get home and I can't go to sleep. So I've always kept up with them and, uh, of course, watched them all last year, uh, you know, with the exciting offense they have. And uh, I was a very proud alum just seeing, uh, you know, some of the things that have happened over the years.
1: People would think because I've been covering Ole Miss for so long and because I grew up around Ole Miss, I'm from New Albany, that my B. Brown story would be about you as an Ole Miss rebel. But like I touched on before we started recording, my B. Brown memory was when you were quarterback in Corinth and you came over here to New Albany with my freshman or sophomore year. And we prepared saying, oh, we're going to upset this team. And then you come in and, oh, Absolutely torch new Albany B Brown. I've told people that story countless times the The worst game ever I mean, absolutely crushed it when you think back to that point, I mean that's the funny thing to me is yeah you're d c at Louisville now, and I'm covered old miss, but it's that Mississippi tie, right? I mean, I keep thinking of B Brown from Corinth
3: yeah, yeah man, now that those are those good days, man, just thinking about the, you know some of those high school moments, and uh you know, I think our coaches and you know all of our players, of course, we came in that that uh that year you know playing you guys over there in new albany at your place and uh knew we had to get some get back from the previous year and uh so we had a little bit extra motivation <laughs> for that game and uh and i thought our like, guys and we came out to play well and play well as well so but yeah those mississippi ties they 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 never run short you know and uh just like i met a guy the other day actually uh that's a scout from the nfl he's from new albany and he talked about some stories when I played basketball against New Orleans. So, uh, so man, the Mississippi Ties never run, never run short, you know, we Mississippians are, are all across this country, and uh, we want to continue to mi- represent the state of Mississippi as well as we possibly can.
1: Yeah, y'all played well, B. Brown. It was a bloodbath, man. Come on. You absolutely <laughs> put on a show. It was, it was yeah, fun, no, man. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to throw a little cotton ball. Out, a little <laughs> cotton ball. <laughs> Absolute bloodbath. Well, obviously the game coming up on Monday, Louisville and Ole Miss. You being the defense coordinator for Louisville. I know you're not going to give away too much here, but when you're preparing for this Ole Miss offense, what do you see on film?
3: Uh, I see an offense that can score in bunches and score from anywhere on the football field. And, uh, you know, when you have a, a quarterback, uh, uh, you know, that's the first and foremost thing I think you got to have in order to be a successful offense. And and they have that, you know, with Matt Corral. And he does a tremendous job of getting his guys in position and, and getting the ball to, to his receivers in spots to where uh, it's tough for defenders to uh, make plays on the ball. You know, and and he does a really good job of that, and and uh, you know, and then on top of that, the run game. I mean, when was the last time that you know you looked up and you saw in the stat sheet that Ole Miss led the SEC in rushing? You know, and you know a lot of people don't talk about that. You know, they don't talk about the rushing game. They don't talk about the offensive line. You know, they mainly talk about you know all the all the skill guys, the weapons that they have on the outside. And uh, you know, I think they do a great job of mixing it up, uh, run and pass. Uh, but I think the offensive line is one of the, the bright spots that people, you know, really don't talk about a lot. And uh, so it's going to be a challenge. And uh, and I think we we got to be on our Ps and Qs. We can't have any, uh, you know, any mistakes because uh, you know those guys will find it, you know, uh, find it in a heartbeat, and they'll make you pay.
1: Well, in two years running that Louisville defense, you've completely transformed Louisville Cardinals' total scoring and defensive numbers in 2020, both ranked third in the ACC past defense not only topped the league but was 17th in the nation do you expect more of the same on that side of the ball how can y'all improve how can y'all be better
3: well i hope we can improve you know um uh, you know we we strive to be one of the best in the country you know and uh you know that's always been our goal since we stepped foot on this campus you know that was our goal at app state uh the year before we got here you know we was number four in the, in the country in total defense at that time, and. Uh, um, so the, the 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 goal hasn't changed. We want to be the the most dominant defense on the field uh, that day, We want to you know make sure we have a win in the win column. Um, you know, I think that you know, our guys uh, have continued to prepare, and I think what we've done uh, defensively now, with it being the third year in the scheme with this defense, uh, I think our guys will be much better uh, again. You know, uh, because before I got here, you know, they had three different coordinators. Uh, You know, and back to back years, back to back to back years. So I was the fourth guy in four years, and you know, you you can't have any any continuity, and that's with recruiting as well as schematics. And so, uh, you know, I think now with us being three years within the system, three years within recruiting, uh, you know, we're continuing to strive to be the best we possibly be, and I think we're we're heading in the right direction. Hope we can keep on that trend of being. One of the tops not only in the in the league but in the country as well
1: well for Ole Miss fans that don't know and haven't really followed you as far as your coaching career what are the core tenets of a Brian Brown coach defense
3: Uh, I think you know hopefully you'll see you know a disciplined defense that uh, you know fly to the football you know and want to do a great job tackling and you know the name of the game it hasn't changed since you know football has been invented you know even since you know, little kids are playing, even the guys we got, we got here, I keep reminding them, listen, the game hasn't changed since you played peewee football, you know, it's about blocking, uh, catching, you know, tackling, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, making sure you're staying on top of routes, you know, in the passing game, so, um, you know, I think you'll see, a, you know, hopefully a, a disciplined defense that, that tackles well and uh, does a good job of uh, of not allowing big plays and, uh, and rallying to their football and, and playing as hard as they possibly can play.
1: Who have been your greatest influences as a defensive
3: coordinator? Oh, man. You know, I, I try to take a, a away from a lot of people that, um, you know, I've worked with over the years and, uh, you know, just seeing guys, of course, on TV that I've never met. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I first started, you know, just plan-wise, you think about, you know, Coach Ogeron was my defense coordinator as a, uh, as a player, you know, my last two years. And, you know, I take some things from him. Um, you know, I take some things from, uh, you know, uh, Greg Siano when I worked for him at, at, at Rutgers, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Ron Roberts was a head coach at Delta state when I worked there, uh, as well. And he's a DC at, at, uh, Baylor, um, you know, working with Pete golden, you know, at Delta state during that same time, uh, who's the DC at Alabama. And, uh, and, of course, you know, Tyrone Nix there, you know, when he was there at Ole Miss when I was a GA there. And But I think the biggest one would be, you know, Nate Woody, you know, the guy that I worked with, you know, at App State. And, you know, he instilled installed his defense. And, you know, we made some changes to it, you know, on our own a little bit in the way we do things defensively. But, you know, he taught us his defense. And, you know, he's a guy that I take a lot of things from.
1: Look, you can't bring up Coach O at Ole Miss and not talk about Coach O at Ole Miss, okay? Because I've had Kintra Lockett <laughs> on the show so many times, and Forty's told so many Coach O stories. Yeah. I've had Brad on this show, Bradley yeah. Sal on this show. I mean, so many of your former teammates, man, that have been on this show to talk about yeah. Coach O, Marseille Green, you name it. Yeah. So what's your Coach O story? Yeah. When somebody says, all right, B. Brown, I need the Coach O story that you got, what do you tell them? We'll get right back to Brian Brown. Louisville defensive coordinator, former Ole Miss defensive back in this edition of Talk of Champions after I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Chinese Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Chinese also accepts all third-party insurance. Chinese Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Chinese a call, 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy.
3: Oh man, the uh, from a player standpoint. Uh, you know, I would say the, I mean, just the, you know, they always say, hey, your first impressions mean a lot. Uh, you know, uh, so my first encounter with Coach O, our first impression was, uh, you know, man, this guy's nuts. Uh, he come in the team eating room, uh, you know, and wanted us to say, you know, oh, Miss Wild Bunch, you know, things of that nature in the team eating room. My first team eating, he comes in and takes off his shirt, you know, and and just start going nuts. <laughs> so. That's my first, uh, uh, you know, encounter with Coach O, and that's probably one of my best stories to, to always tell is is how wild he came in that first first meeting, uh, being uh, being the head coach at Ole Miss. So uh, I tell everybody that I've told him that multiple times when I see him. So uh, that's that's my first one. <laughs> my favorite
1: Coach O thing is the dipping of coffee grains. Put him in his lip. It's just <laughs> running down his mouth, man, onto his shirt. That's what I always remember.
3: Yeah, yeah, that you know that that that's a good one. You know, like I said, the, the first one that I mentioned, but then the one I would say too is you know as we're coming onto the practice field, walking up the steps, uh, you know, in his office is where it is, and he's as he's running, you know, to the practice field, you're hearing him in his Cajun voice, "Let's go, baby, let's go," and he's hollering at, you know, people as they're jogging up. You no, know, be Brown. We got to get it going today. You know, whatever it is, whoever it is. So you know, uh, it's a lot of cultural stories that, that we most
1: definitely tell. Too many Chiefs, not enough Indians. Over and over and over again on the practice field. That's a good one. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. that's a good one.
3: When you, no when you think back no to bad. those
1: teams, um, obviously the success on the field wasn't really there but the talent that he brought in and to see all of your former teammates, so many of them make it to the NFL, many of them still actually in the NFL. What does that say? Just not only about, yeah, I know that at the time, the success on the field wasn't there, but it started to turn around with the talent that you brought in, that they all brought in, including you. Uh, Just what do you think about those teams and as far as your best memory of those teams?
3: I think you hit on the head as far as just with the talent that he was able to bring in with the record we had already had, you know. So, you know, a lot of kids want to go to schools where, you know, they have a, a much better winning record and things of that nature. We had some high profile kids that, you know, want to come play ball at Ole Miss because of the tradition, you know, just the school and things of that nature. So uh, I think he done a tremendous job of, of you know, evaluating the talent and, and, and uh, you know, getting the guys to buy into what, uh, you know, he was trying to uh, to sell, you know, for, for that program. And, you uh, You know, and he got them there, you know, and and you saw the success once those guys grew up, you know, after we left and, you know, after he left, um, you know, it showed up on the football field. And uh, so, you know, kudos to Coach O with the recruiting effort that he did. I think he helped change uh, the trajectory of the Ole Miss program at that time um, to what it is, you know, getting better each and every year uh, since then.
1: Well, we're grown-ass men now, but uh, back in the day, I was a fan of Eli Anding, Brian Brown, you name it because I'm from New Albany. And I always said, if I ever talked to you, then I would ask you this about your recruitment. What led you to Ole Miss? Who all did you talk to? Where could you have gone?
3: Well, I could have went to Georgia to play football. Um, You know, of course, I talked to Coach Rick the other day while he was here, just within our, you know, recruiting, uh, uh, the recruiting process with him, you know, during that time, my time there, Uh, you know, could have went to Mississippi State, of course, and could have went to the University of Memphis and a couple more schools here and there. But the biggest thing for me was at that time was, you know, uh, being able to play two sports, you know, because I was able to play football and basketball at Ole Miss uh, at that time. And, uh, you know, the relationship that I had with Coach Barnes was was really, really good. You know, we we had a relationship, you know, since I was in the – I think it may have been sixth, seventh grade, sixth grade, I think uh, – you know, just coming down there and doing camps and things of that nature at that time. Um, so uh, that, that was huge for me, just being able to play both sports a little closer to home, my, my family would be able to come see me play. Um, you know, that was the biggest factor for me.
1: Recruiting has completely changed since the days when you were getting recruited. Um, what are the biggest differences that you've seen now that you're in it every single day? And I know today you are able to start talking to 2023 kids publicly and stuff like that. So how much has it changed? And is it totally different landscape now?
3: Yeah, it is because uh, I think the first thing is the the NCAA portal. I mean, it's changed the way you recruit, you know, from, uh, you know, understanding how many initials you may have because the senior's leaving. um, But also now you have to account for attrition. You know, guys that, you know, possibly uh, may may leave. And then when they do leave, uh, do we have enough scholarships to be able to, uh, you know, help? You know, uh, counter that. And if not, then you're you're kind of behind in a way with that. And so I think the portal most definitely has changed. And then with uh, recruiting high school kids as well, I think some high school kids, you know, typically kind of get screwed now with the the NCAA portal uh, that they may get left out. You know, not only them, but some of the Juco guys as well. So, um, you know, I think with the NCAA portal, I think you'll see, uh, you know, a lot more teams now, the group of five being. Uh, kind of a little bit more leveled out, you know, from a standpoint of talent to crawl all across the board um, as you would, um, you know, in the years previously, you know, because of the NCAA portal. So it changed a lot and, uh, you know, it makes you, you know, have to do a little bit more projecting uh, from, a, from a standpoint of, um, you know, will this kid pan out um, uh, as a high school kid or would we be better off getting in a, a kid that has two years left or three years left? Uh, from another school that may end up getting into the NCAA portal. So it changed a lot, man. i, I tell you that, you know, it's, especially athletes as well, um, you know, the different type of caliber athletes, because, you know, we, we were, we thought we were at athletic, you know, coming out of high school during my time and just every year, it just seems to get better and better and better. So uh, it changed and uh, uh, hopefully they will, you know, the NCAA will maybe uh, correct, you know, uh, the 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 attrition portion of it, you know, that they will allow us to, uh, you know, be able to, uh, you know, replace those scholarships when guys do leave and not just rely on, you know, the, the seniors that you have in that class.
1: No, that's a great point because freedom of movement for players is a great thing. But one thing that kids I don't think quite understand in regards to the portal is you're not just going into the portal and leaving – Ole Miss, Louisville, and going to Ohio State, Florida, wherever. If you don't know where you're going, you could be a really great player with no place to go.
3: Oh, absolutely, I think so as well. I mean, you got a lot of kids that are still in the portal right now that don't have a place to go. So uh, that that part of it is is uh, is tough uh, for the kids and for society. And uh, you know, hopefully, you know, as the years continue to go on, uh, that we can uh, we can make it better for both both sides. To the universities as well as the coaches.
1: Now, when you get out there and you're coaching, can you show these kids still? Can you still do a little B. Brown action out there
3: on the field? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I I joke with those guys all the time. I got the best hands, you know, uh, on this team. So, uh, And that's including receivers, too, so I joke with all those guys. But we try to give them a a little bit of, uh, you know, hey, uh, each coach to try to, you know, mess around and say, hey, this is what I used to do back in the day. You know, just try to try to mess with those guys a little bit. <laughs> Did all
1: those schools recruit you as a defensive back? Because I would have swore to my mother that you'd have been a quarterback at the next level.
3: Well, you know, uh, University of Memphis, uh, they they recruit him as strictly as a quarterback. Uh, you know, some other FCS high, you know, um, uh, programs, Division One, AA programs, and Group of Fives, they recruit him as a quarterback as well. But uh, m- majority of your Power Five, they they mainly wanted me as as a DB.
1: B. Brown as the quarterback of Memphis would have been a lot of fun. I'm just saying, it'd have been a lot of fun, B. Brown. It'd have been a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't have been bad, man. With You know, when I came out that year, uh, myself and D'Angelo Williams, uh, the running back, we oh, came God. out the year and we went on. Uh, the University of Memphis uh, office visit there together as well as um, you know, our official visit at, at Ole Miss was together as well. So, we talked about it, but uh, we both went in different directions.
1: <laughs> you couldn't have gotten to Angelo Williams to Ole Miss? What? Come on, man. Come on, B. Man, Brown. It
3: was, it was tough, man. You know, with Jamal Pittman committing as well, uh, you know, he was a running back at that time, you know, in our class, and we had had his son Pearson the year before, you know. Ripley boy. Uh, yeah. So, it was, uh, yeah, Ripley boy. Um, so, I think he kind of saw, you know, that it was going to be tough for him to crack that line up immediately as a true freshman, as it will be if he went to the University of Memphis.
1: Well, last thing I'll let you go. Obviously, playing on Monday night, the Chick-fil-A game, it's a huge opportunity for both teams, a national spotlight. Everybody in college football will be tuned in for it. As far as not only Louisville, but Ole Miss, the opportunity itself, how unique is it to be playing in this game?
3: It's awesome, you know, um, for these kids, um, you know, that a lot of them come from different backgrounds, you know, and a lot of kids have never been into a stadium of this magnitude. And uh, so it's going to be awesome experience for these guys. Uh, the first game of the season uh, playing in the Chick-fil-A bowl, uh, Chick-fil-A classic. And uh, uh, it's going to be great, you know, great exposure for both teams and, uh, you know, made a best, uh, best team win. And, and you know, I'm going to wish those guys well during the game uh, as well as uh, after the game as well and, We'll always continue to look at uh, my mater, and I know those guys make me proud of what, uh, what I'm seeing on field.
1: He's Brian Brown, Louisville defensive coordinator, former Ole Miss defensive back. I've always wanted to do this, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, and we'll talk again.
3: Hey, appreciate you.